I think if the pastor has any heart of a shepherd, he's going to sometimes ask the question, is it in the best interest of the church that I take a salary or would it be better for me to work an outside job um, in order to provide for myself so I'm not a burden on the church to help the church out? Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. This is our weekly video in which we come and we talk about some things from the sermon that maybe, maybe didn't make it into the sermon because of time, or maybe some other issues that come up or questions that uh, people have asked. And so it's good to connect with you during the middle of the week. Uh, my name is Nick Cady. I'm the lead pastor of Whitefields Community Church. Usually my host here on this show is our worship pastor, Michael Payne. Uh, Mike is getting some well-deserved time off this week. He's up in uh, Red Feather Lakes, up above Fort Collins there, and I hope he's having a great time. Uh, This week, though, I thought I'd use this opportunity to introduce you to one of our new staff members. So, everybody, this is Kurt Fuller. Hey, Kurt. Hey, Nick. Uh, Kurt joined our staff, what has it been, Kurt, like a month? Mm, Month and a half, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so we we were needing an audiovisual person. Uh, for a while, praying for the right person, and um, we're so glad to have you here, Kurt. Oh, thanks. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. It's been it's been great so far. Well, maybe you could tell um, our church and those who tune in. Maybe just tell them a few things about yourself. Where are you from? Those kind of things. I'm from a lot of places. I've bounced yeah. all over the country. Um, uh, went to school in Virginia, um, but most recently, my folks go here to uh, Whitefields, and that's how I found out about the position you guys were looking for. Um, I was casually talking about it in the driveway, and he said, uh, you know, hey, they're looking for somebody to do AV, and I, I love all things technical, and if I can serve the Lord while doing things uh, technically, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, how long have you been in Colorado? Off and on for 20 plus years. We'd like, we'd like live here for five years, then we'd move away, and then we'd move back. But uh, most recently, like over 20. Yeah, because I was going to say you have the Colorado outfit uh, nailed, right? Which is <laughs> shorts on the bottom and layers on the top. Exactly. This is the official uh, uniform of Coloradans in the fall. True, true. Yeah. Plus, if you're moving stuff around, you know, you just pull off the shirt. Exactly. Uh, earlier today... I was running, and it's funny because I run with, like, I'm all layered up on top mm-hmm. and then shorts on the bottom. Yep. Yep. So it works great. Um, w- another project that we're working on um, is that we're working to turn some of our past sermon series into books. And what you studied in Virginia is... That's true. I actually graduated as an English major uh, after starting as a computer science major. Mm-hmm. <laughs> great. Yeah. So uh, I remember I was talking about it in staff meeting, just saying... Uh, I need to find somebody who could really help me uh, do the, you know, tedious work of formatting and and all that stuff. And you said, well, actually, I could help with that. And I thought, what, what a great fit. And so our first book is going to be called I Could Never Believe in a God Who. It's one of our most popular sermon right. series we've done. And we were thinking about doing another series on that, like, soon. Sure. But then I, I don't remember how I got the idea. Maybe it's somebody... Else. Oh, you know what it was? It was a member of our congregation had asked if I had written copies of my notes from that series. Right. And that just got me thinking, I should turn this into a book, make it available to the church, make it available broadly because it was such a helpful series. And so then we started thinking, well, we've got a couple other series that would also work well as books. Sure. And so our first one's going to come out, I'm hoping, before the end of the year. I, I hope so, too. I think that's a good goal. 
Yeah. And so we've already got, you know, a good amount of progress made and, and they're already in a format that's not terribly hard to work with. Your notes so. are great. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'm really looking forward to that being out. So guys, uh, keep an eye out for that. That's going to be coming out soon and we're going to do a big launch when it comes out. Can't wait. Um, Kurt, so today in Michael's absence, yep, you're going to be asking me questions about this week's sermon, which was from first Corinthians chapter nine. And it was called laying aside our rights or setting aside our rights for the sake of the gospel. Right. And that's really interesting because Paul seems to be saying in that passage that um, it's perfectly legitimate for a pastor or minister to take a salary, but that he's really glad he didn't. So do you think there's a time when it's not appropriate or that a minister should lay aside that right and not take a salary? Yeah, great question. And I think what makes it even more interesting is that Paul actually says in, I think it's around verse 10, I'm, I'm losing track now. Uh, I had it all memorized before, <laughs> but I think it's around there. Or maybe it's a few verses later, actually. It is. It's around verse 14. But he says that it is actually a command from God that mm. a minister be paid. And yet he did not use that right. And um, yeah, so is is it ever appropriate? I think absolutely, yes, it is. It is sometimes appropriate. And I think it depends on where the church is at financially. You know, I mentioned that in my previous pastorate, pastoring in Hungary, right. I'd never took a salary. Um, I wasn't opposed to it. I know other missionaries who do receive some sort of compensation from their churches. The other thing I'd say is that... <clears throat> Like in Europe, it's actually really common, especially Eastern Europe, for pastors to be bivocational. In fact, I would say the overwhelming majority of pastors in Bible teaching evangelical churches are bivocational. And the reason for that is because the churches tend to be smaller. So our church, you know, was uh, fluctuated between 50 and 70 people. We had a second congregation that was another 50, 60 people. Uh, and that was considered a large church over there. There were wow. other churches in town. Um, we had this one church that met in our building, and they were like 15 people, right? And and then the largest church in town was a traditional Reformed church, and they had, well, this is the largest Protestant church. There's a lot of other sure. Orthodox and Catholic churches as well. But the Protestant churches, um, the largest one was this Hungarian Reformed church, and they had, this is actually quite funny, they had about... Um, 10,000 people who belonged to their church. Wow. But their average Sunday attendance was about 60. That's very interesting. Yeah. How does that work? Um, yeah, that's, you know, that's because of the way that things have worked historically there with, you know, affiliation with church. And of course, um, right. we could get into all that, but I just saying that, um, because of the size of churches over there, it's, it's very common. And, and I would say I've seen the exact same thing here in the U S um, where you have smaller churches and sometimes just where the church is at financially. I think if the pastor has any heart of a shepherd, he's going to sometimes ask the question, is it in the best interest of the church that I take a salary or would it be better for me to work an outside job um, in order to provide for myself? So I'm not a burden on the church to help the church out. But here's the, here's where it cuts both ways because if a pastor doesn't have the time to dedicate to the church, it's very hard for that ministry to thrive. Um, just, I mean, it's just a numbers yeah. game. I mean, think about it. If you work 40 hours a week, and then not only are you going to be exhausted when you come home, if you have a family, they need time. 
And um, so family, kids, they need your time. And then so what you end up doing is you end up giving the church, uh, unfortunately, you end up giving the leftovers. Um, you know, a friend here at, at our church told me about a church where he used to go in Arizona. And he said that the pastor worked a second job. And every now and then the pastor would be so busy with work that he wouldn't have time to prepare a sermon that week. So they would just have an all worship Sunday. <laughs> but he said it got to the point where they were having like all worship Sunday, like all the time, three Sundays a month. And uh, he said it was not good. And it, it did not help the church to accomplish their mission of making disciples and preaching the gospel. So it's, um, it's, it's a difficult question to ask. It's, it's one where I think ideally, like even I said with a church in Hungary, I had to push them against the cultural norm in their country to say, I really want your pastor to be full-time um, because I think that's what you need. Yeah, that makes sense. But it does beg the question, how much should a pastor be paid? Yeah, and that goes, um, that also can go both ways. I've seen the one approach to it where, you know, whoever sets the pastor's salary, which I think should not be the pastor himself, I think it should be board of elders and directors. Um, I've seen it go where, um, they'll be like, they take the approach that says, we got to keep this pastor humble, right? <laughs> we got to keep him dependent on the Lord, uh, praying for everything he needs. And, you know, let's take advantage of Medicaid, right? Let's, let's keep him below the poverty line so that he can get Medicaid or whatever. You know, there's all these different approaches or so they can get WIC, you know, so they can get right. food stamps or whatever. And it's like, um, I'm not sure that's the best approach. I've also seen the other side of that where, Man, I have seen very small churches that pay their pastors an exorbitant amount of money. And I'm not sure that that's good use of God's resources either. I mean, so sometimes the, the pastor can be treated like royalty and rather than a servant. So it's obviously somewhere in between those two. And I think that it should probably be based on the uh, average salary of the area or the cost of living of, of the area where you live. So like if you live in Hungary, it would be pretty inappropriate for you to be making an, a U.S. salary, right? Like four times right. what a Hungarian makes. Uh, on the other hand, you know, if you live in a place where it's expensive to live, I think the pastor needs to uh, be taken care of at that level. I mean, especially if you consider that the people in the church are making that amount of money so that their contributions should add up. I mean... Yeah. Well, yeah, and of course the pastor is going to have expenses commensurate with the area in which he lives, right? right. You, especially in Colorado, it's, housing is fairly high, right? So we can identify with that. Well, somewhere around verse 26, Paul starts talking about actually beating his body, like making it his slave. I don't get it. What is he talking about yeah. there? Oh, obviously, I don't think he's talking about flagellation, right? Which would be like um, literally whipping your body. Mm -hmm. Now, there there were times in church history where people actually did take that approach. Uh, Catholic monks in the Middle Ages, for example, Martin Luther used to, uh, before he was born again, he talks about how he was a monk and he would have his living quarters at the monastery and he would go there and he would literally just whip himself mm. to try to drive out sin from his body. But again, that's a misguided approach. And he later realized that it's a misguided approach because you, you don't beat sin out of your flesh. It needs to come out of your heart. And the only way that can happen is through a transformation that takes place by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Right. And again, that was his realization at one point. Um, but what Paul's talking about, and I think this is really important in this whole discussion, which goes on from chapter eight, chapter nine, and chapter 10, and it's really going to be important in chapter 10, is that think about the, the kind of flow of conversation. Chapter eight, the Corinthians are saying, we have the right to eat meat sacrificed to idols. We don't care that the Jerusalem council said that we can't. They shouldn't be telling us what we can or can't do. This is our right, and we're going to do it if we want. And Paul is coming back and defending the Jerusalem council's decision. And one of his, one of his main points is to say, I don't want to be a slave to my flesh. Right? So many of us, right? we can become slaves to our flesh. I feel like doing this, so I'm just going to do it, even if it's wrong. Uh, even if it's not the best, I really want to do it, right? And Paul's saying, I don't want to be a slave to my flesh. Rather, I want my flesh to serve me. So rather than my, me serving my flesh, I am going to be disciplined like an athlete, like a boxer, however it is, so that my flesh serves me and my goals, which is to know the Lord and to make him known, rather than, um, rather than me being a slave to my flesh. I think that calling yourself a slave to something, I mean, speaks of addiction. Right. It speaks of things like that, where it's like you are now not in control of what you do with your flesh. And so I think that's his, that's his point. And it's, it's a discussion that carries on in all three chapters and it's going to be important in chapter 10. Well, that makes sense. And that's great. We'll come back to it then. Cool. Hey guys, thanks for joining us this week. If you have any thoughts or comments, questions, leave them in the comments below. We'd love to interact with you on there. If you haven't done so yet, we'd love it if you would rate us on the Apple Podcasts app. So give us a rating and review. That really helps promote us in the Apple iTunes algorithm that uh, shows content to people who are looking for stuff like this. And the same is true on YouTube. Make sure you like us. Make sure you follow us. Uh, make sure you share this video with somebody else who might be asking similar questions. Maybe it could help them. God bless you. We'll see you next week.